Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's episode is called Waiting. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hello, Jenny. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. We're really excited to talk about this one today. This podcast has led us to uncover all sorts of fun and interesting resources on the internet, including I just have a whole Pinterest page open of pins of Dr. Seuss. I think so you with can our, get- <laughs> our, one word, um, our one word titles, people are like, I have no idea what this is going to be about. Like, it isn't how we say it, right? I kind of like that about us. Mystery podcasting. Yeah, it's an air of mystery without all the gore. We're bringing you this podcast today because we find ourselves often, more often than we'd like to admit, in a place of waiting, waiting for something to happen before we take our next action. And it's not necessarily procrastination, but it's a sense of feeling stuck in a certain place in our business where we're waiting for someone on our team to do something or we're waiting for a certain financial goal or we're waiting for a web page to be laid out. Like we're, we have these periods in our business where I think both of us feel like we can't take action because we are waiting on some other person or event to take place. And I know this is true for many of you and many of our clients because we hear it all the time. And I think this is a common aspect of being an entrepreneur and you know being a human being in general this also affects other areas of our lives but of course today we're going to talk about how it affects our businesses and I think there's two situations here that our listeners will either fall into either you're waiting to start your business you're waiting for something to happen or someone to do something or you have started your business and you find that you're not reaching that next goal because you're waiting for something or someone so either way, yeah. it doesn't ever seem to, it's not like you get, it's not just one period of waiting and then you're done and you're just rolling. It's sort of these waves of waiting. And I just, I know you and I throughout August have kind of come up with this recurring theme, like we're always just waiting. And sometimes it really feels like a loss of control. And that's what frustrates you and I is like, I just need this done, or I just need this to happen. And so that's what we want to talk about is how you get your the business back under your control. Yeah, this is something that I think we're both deciding that we're completely committed to shifting in our business over the next quarter and into next year. This attitude of I can't because I'm waiting on X or I can't because I'm waiting on Y, like done. We're done waiting. We are able as autonomous thinking free individuals, we are able to go ahead and take the action that we need to take. And if it means learning a new skill or doing something ourselves, we're going to do that so that we don't end up in these periods of waiting. Because I know what it feels like too, especially when you're first starting out, you start you start to get momentum, you start to run along a trajectory, you're starting to see progress, and then something will happen that will stop you dead in your tracks. And it's almost like a paralysis of your business. And this can be because your website goes down. It can be because you got a certain kind of criticism and you don't know what to do with it. It can be because 
your launch didn't go the way you wanted or you've built something and you don't know how to go out now and find clients so you're paralyzed by it. Like it can take shape in a whole lot of ways and we've identified a handful of ways that it takes shape that we just want to lay out there so that we're able to catch those instances when they happen to us. And I think that it's probably similar for all of you. One sort of waiting game that I think a lot of people play and lose is that they're waiting for money. So for those of you who are startup founders and who are investment-backed businesses, we know we have a number of you that listen to our podcast in our community. And those of you are constantly waiting to close your round, to have the next investor meeting go well, to win that pitch competition. Um, And those of you who are not in that space, who are self-funded or solopreneurs, you're waiting to earn enough money to launch your next project, to start your business, You're waiting for enough revenue to come in to pay for the next program, feature development, website that you want to build out, right? Like we're always waiting on money, whether it's external money from investors or it's money earned through our business. And money is not really a good reason to wait. So this is why I think in traditional brick and mortar businesses, and I want to ask you more about this, Sandy, that business owners have access to capital, right? So that you don't have to Like you don't have to wait until you've sold some certain amount of product to acquire the inventory, right? And I I, obviously we're not encouraging folks to go out and get a line of credit here, but maybe there's something to learn from brick and mortar retailers here in this instance that like you don't have to get all the dollars in the bank earned before you go out and start selling something, building something, creating something. No, it wouldn't work. Like you just, the the cash flow doesn't, it, yeah, it's absolutely impossible. So you, right. yeah, it's called line of credit, right? Or you put your own money in, uh, but you go ahead and invest ahead of time so that you can do the business later. So, I mean, that's, it's it's a little bit harder, you know, with the online business, a lot of people are talking about, like, there's so much talk about, like, how quick the sales come in, and it's not always true. So we're building this online business with the hope that we're going to make all these sales, we're going to build it, and they're going to come. And we're waiting for that arrival of all those customers and all those sales, right? So it's a little bit harder to translate, but yeah, it's it's a horrible feeling to be waiting for those sales. And even for you and I, like that our recent decision to get on the phone and do a little bit more outbound marketing to stop waiting for those emails to magically come into our inbox saying, "Oh, you've got a sale." We're taking that back under our control. I'm going to get on the phone and do some old-fashioned cold calling and it's kind of exciting, you know? It's so exciting. Yeah, we've been building and running this company for years with essentially no outbound marketing at all. Everything has been word of mouth and just folks who happen to find us through our hard-earned efforts, right, at SEO, blogging, social media, and the like, but that allows for a growth rate that we can't control as much as we'd like. So one thing I just wanted to say about this is that You mentioned how online businesses are different, Sandy, and I think the truth is is you need very little money to start an online business. But if you have a growth strategy, if you have a growth trajectory that requires you to be, you know, earning revenue or be profitable within a certain number of months or even the first year, you do need to have resources available to spend money on marketing. And so for the most part, you need more money for those marketing resources than you did to build your digital product or digital empire. Like that's just the the truth of it. So I, I think a lot of folks get held back because they think like, okay, well, I made this thing and I've maybe got a trickle of sales from people I know or friends of friends of friends. 
And then now what? Like I I have to wait until I sell a hundred of this product or a hundred of this service package before I'm gonna spend any money on ads. And I think that's a really big mistake. It, it, it's really easy to fizzle out in your business. It's really easy to feel like a big fat failure when you're just starting out and you're not seeing the kind of sales and revenue numbers that you need. And that's where paid marketing and paid advertising comes in. And you know, we've shied away from talking about this kind of a lot in in our company and in our email marketing to our community, in part because I think we're afraid people don't wanna hear it. But the podcast is where you get the truth, folks. The podcast is like our heart and soul. This is where we share how we honestly feel about things. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to make a lot of money on the internet, the secret is, is that you spend money and it doesn't need to, it can be like a tiny percentage, 5%, 2%, 10% of what you're bringing in on the other side in terms of revenue, but you still have to spend the money. And otherwise your growth trajectory is slow. Like it's just going to be slow. You've Mm got to pay to get in front of people's eyes. You've got to pay to get people onto your list. And that's the truth of it. You don't, if, if you choose not to do that, you can still grow a business. You can grow a wonderful business. It's just going to take a really, really long time. Time or money. Time or money. Okay, so money is one of the things that people wait on. And Sandy, you articulated that inbound marketing versus outbound marketing is an important distinction. So I think people wait a lot on inbound marketing to bring them their business and to bring them their leads and to bring them their email list numbers, right? And ourselves included. And outbound marketing is simply you go out and you knock on doors, you make phone calls, you send cold emails, and you start to source clients that way. And that's something that we highly recommend that all of you, especially in the beginning stages of your business, are doing. Okay, so beyond this, another waiting game that we see folks playing has to do with team, partner, collaborator, you are all waiting and we are all waiting for that perfect person to come and join our effort and join our business in some way, whether they're part of our core team or not, because they are in some way going to provide this essential tool or skill set that we lack. <laughs> and this is another waiting game that is tricky. So the way that we've solved for this, and this might be useful for some folks who don't know this, is that we have been transitioning our business to ensure that our team is primarily made up of professional contractors. Um, This has been an intentional choice that we've started to transition to over the past six months. And this has been a really remarkable shift for us. So when we started building our team almost two years ago, Sandy, we were, I, I was of the mindset that you get people you love and they don't necessarily have to have the same skill set or the skill sets that you need. And then you work together to figure out what you need to do and what you need to learn. And then people sort of own the responsibility of learning whatever they need to learn to be part of the team. And my mindset around this has shifted entirely in recent months. So I, after having worked with a number of really, really competent professionals who are really good at writing or editing or videography or, you know, you name it, certain development skill sets, because we're a software company, like we have started to see really great results in working with professionals. Yeah. When I left the retail world, part of that frustration and dislike of that world was dealing with staff. I mean, I love the actual individual people, 
but it was such a frustrating exercise to be constantly hiring, constantly checking in on them, constantly making sure they were motivated and doing their job and so on. And I left that because I didn't want to oversee staff and manage people. And I don't think that you can build the kind of business that we want to build without some kind of team, but it is a remarkable difference when you work with people, when you hire people whose, um, what you need them to do is their, that, that task, that job, it, that's their career. It's not a sideline. It's not a part-time job to get them through school. It's not a, just a, you know, a filler job. This is their career and they take it very importantly. So the working with those two different people is like night and day, right? So we've chosen yeah. to, we've made a decision that anyone that we hire, whatever we're hiring them for, that is their career. It is not a, let's try this and see if it works, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it took a long, it took two years for us to learn this, like in this online space. I, I feel like I didn't understand any of this and I have an aversion to supervising anyone, to be honest, which is is my own issue I'm, I've been dealing with. But it's just because I don't, I, I've never wanted to do that. I've never aspired to, to be in a position to supervise someone. So being a manager of anything was never on my bucket list. So I'm adapting. And, um, and it's been a really beautiful experience to learn what works for us, right? So what works for us may not be right for you or for other folks. But I, I just mean to say that if there's a skill set that's lacking in your business, you don't have to wait till you can hire a full-time person or a part-time person and find the right person who's in the, you know, who, who can work the right hours, whether they're in person or they're virtual. Like you can actually go out and, you know, ask in Facebook groups, ask in other online communities, ask in in-person communities. Do you know of someone with X, Y, or Z skill set? that's available for hire. And it's really amazing once you start to put that out there, how quickly resources come back to you. So again, this requires spending money, but... Or trade or barter with what trade, yeah, many right. of our audience, that's an excellent um, way to do it too. So yeah, it's frustrating. And if it feels a little bit out of control when you don't have the people that you need or the team around you with the skill set that, um, that you require to move your business forward. And it's a terrible feeling to like sort of wait for that person. It, it's kind of the worst. And and so sometimes, like, honestly, sometimes this means throwing some money at something, right? Mm -hmm. So again, this goes back to money. Like, this is an, another instance where you don't want to wait on something because of money. Like, you, if, if there's the person who can save you six months of waiting around right in front of you and you can pay them a few thousand dollars and then you're going to get six months, get where you want to get six months faster that maybe is worth it for you. I mean, you obviously have to evaluate your finances, but if you can see the upside, you know, on the other end, where you're going to be making back the money that you invested on that person's work, I think that's something you've got to factor in. So sometimes it's worth taking a risk, a small risk, a medium-sized risk, a big risk. It's up to you what your risk pro profile is. But sometimes it's worth taking that risk so that you can go ahead and get there faster. Because who wants to be waiting around forever? Also, don't try to be the master of everything yourself. So we won't, we will not get into this right now because that's a whole other conversation. So anyway, if there's, if you're waiting around for the perfect person, you might just be able to hire them today. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. 
If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. The next one that we want to talk about is waiting to be hurt. And this is something primarily that women struggle with. And Jenny, you and I were talking before this episode, we hit record on this episode about how frustrating it is to sit in a room with men and women and you put up your hand and you are not acknowledged by typically the male facilitator. And it is infuriating. And yet we as women, we are not the ones who just keep like, you'll have your hand up and then a man will talk and then another man will talk and another man will talk. And you're like, hello, it's you're not doing it in the right order. I have my hand up. And that like, there's this, like, I know you will sit there on principle and like not say anything until someone acknowledges you. And I did this in the right order. And I will just like get mad and start talking over the men. And that happened at the incident that we're talking about. I just remember like, do you not see us? So we know that there's research behind this as well with women not speaking up in meetings. Yeah, well, this goes all the way back to school. So this was why I always sat in the front row in school. And I'm also really tall. So for those of you who didn't, I think like people who came to our live event were shocked at how tall both of us are. We're giants. So this is like a little bit of insight for those of you who are just listening to us. We're very tall women. <laughs> and I was, I've been this tall since I was 11 years old. So I've been really tall for a really long time. And I still, the only way I could assure that I would be called on in school was to sit in the front row with my crazy long ape arms and raise my arm really, really high in the front row obnoxiously until I was called on. And so this is something that I hold very dear because I feel self-righteous about this. And I have for, you know, a really long time. And I think that there is this sense of you put your hand up, you should be called on in the order in which your hand went up. And I don't feel like I need to interrupt anyone. Like, I don't feel like I need to become more masculine in order to be validated in a room of people, whether it's a classroom or a meeting room or a conference or whatever it is. Like, to me, I feel like I can still be confident and smart and self-assured and wait my damn turn. But when people start taking my turn is when, you know, the gloves come off and then I sit there with like resting bitch face (laughs) waiting to be called. (laughs) And that's just the way it is. And so, yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen is the way that this behavior, this natural inclination that we have where we're waiting to be acknowledged plays out in business as well. And this can be danger zone for women. And so we're, I think, trying to navigate how to deal with the fact that this plays out the way that it does in business. I'm gonna call myself a newly minted feminist and I even like the board meetings that I sit around currently, I'm just like hyper aware of how different it is that we we interact in a meeting. And and I tend to be fairly loud. I pull out that masculine trait. And if I'm quiet, the men will say, Sandy, is everything all right? You usually have lots to say what's going on, you know, and they'll call me out to invite me to speak, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it's a big one. And I think that, you know, whether we're dealing with hiring someone to do our website or we're hiring someone to do videos for us or whatever the task is, you need to step up and be heard and and insist on what you want and not fall back. And and I think, you know, you we're giving you permission to speak up and, and ask for what you want and don't wait for someone to call you. I mean, a lot of this applies more like in meetings, like corporate meetings kind of thing. But 
I think it, it's it's just as relevant online when you're dealing with people that you you know interact with on in your business. Yeah, I think the assertiveness factor plays out in the Facebook groups too. I mean, I, I think this is this plays out more subtly online, but it still plays out. And I think it also has to do with, uh, to me, you still get to be authentic to yourself. Like, so for me, I loved that book, Quiet. Like I, by, I think Susan Cain, I, I, I'm a total introvert and I don't want to have to compromise who I am in order to thrive as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. And so it's a it's a delicate balance for me to figure out, okay, how do I maintain? Because I think I'm assertive. Like I'm the first person often to raise my hand in a room when the question is asked. And so to me, that's assertive. That is my brand of being assertive. Like you don't have to wait. I have something to say all the time. <laughs> so I you just don't you feel are? the need. <laughs> Hermione Granger. And you don't even know who that is, I do don't, you? I really don't. I I think it's Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter. You are Hermione Granger, and that's the art I'm going to draw for this week's episode. But that's exactly it. And I love that about that movie because she was the smart one, and she was the assertive. She was exactly what you're describing, and I I actually love Hermione Granger. So all of this is meant to say that assertiveness is key to being a successful business owner, and I think it's just about finding your own brand of assertiveness. And you know, sometimes it requires going outside your comfort zone. So definitely I do go outside of my comfort zone in this place. Um, particularly when we were down the fundraising track in, with, with dealing with investors, I had to do that a little bit. And I think it, it's just part of being a CEO, part of being a business owner is being assertive. So I'll just leave it at that. I think we need to do a whole other podcast on assertiveness. Yeah, maybe. Okay, back to the waiting game. Another big waiting game that we see a whole lot is around waiting for the product, program, or service to be built and or perfected. Oh my goodness, are we guilty of this? <laughs> yeah, we all are. Let's just, we can't launch until it's fill in the blank, right? Like we have to wait, Perfect. wait, wait. Yeah. yeah. Until I have 100 videos in my membership site, I will not sell it to anyone. Yeah, I hear that. I've heard people say that. 100, are you kidding me? You cannot wait until you have 100 videos because guess what? By the time you do that, your product will be obsolete. So we are guilty of this because our course is more than 85 videos long and um, we don't promote it a whole lot. We have this podcast. It has the same name as our course. And we are actually in the process of culling down our course and making it more sort of rigorous and intensive, and but less long, shorter. <laughs> but we didn't. We launched it when it didn't have 85 videos in it. We didn't wait we sure did, but we soft launched it. We soft launched it, yeah. This is this is the real truth. We're on the podcast, Andy. We have never actually tried to really promote it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's because we have this problem of waiting mm -hmm. for something You're to be right. perfect. We certainly have this about our software. We have it about our course. And so I think we can speak to this with authority because we are really <laughs> guilty of this one. And we see it all the time. This is probably the most consistent one that I see other than maybe the next one. So the next one is waiting for the clients to come. <laughs> Crickets, right? Crickets. And I, I, again, I'm going to go back to the online belief about this passive income idea that you can create something and somehow magically stand out and magically the people will come and give you money. And it's um, depressing and it's heartbreaking. And it, we just want you to know that there's action that you can take 
to stop that feeling. And that includes launching and, and paying for ads and doing all sorts of in-person networking and getting on the phone. There's lots of strategies yeah. t- around that. But the worst and most vulnerable place to stay is in that checking your inbox and seeing no, or your dashboard and seeing no sales and no, nothing today, nothing today. And it just doesn't work like that. You cannot wait for the people to come to you. You can't. So the only people for whom that works is a group of people who are famous. So if you fit in the category of being famous, i.e. a Kardashian level of fame or above, you don't have to try to sell anything. But if you're not like a famous person that would be recognized on the street, like you really need to sell. And nobody can sell something without trying to sell it. And, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast that you should be spending a minimum of 50% of your time marketing, minimum. And I think once your product's really been developed and tested and refined and put out there, it should be more like 80%. So just think about that. Like the waiting around for people to buy what you have is a terrible idea. It's not just terrible for you, it's terrible for everyone. And you're no different than anyone else who is building something on the internet and putting it there and leaving it alone. So with all of this waiting, Sandy, what can folks do? What is your top piece of advice for them to take home? And actually for us, because we're in this, like everyone, we're in the same place too. And we're making you know big strides away from this waiting game. We have some fun things that we'll talk about one day but right now it's under wraps that we're we're taking massive action in our business and in our lives to get ourselves out of this waiting game right now. Mm-hmm. But what what would you recommend to our listeners for what they can do to escape this trap? Well, and and, and I'm going to say this right on the heels of having made this decision that you just referenced, but I think it is is it feels so good to take action. It feels so good to take control back and take action in what you've been wanting for so so long. And I think that we're asking you to sit back and look at your current situation, whether you've started a business or about to, where are you waiting? And just asking you to embody being a leader and embody that archetype of the empress who doesn't wait, who does not believe that they are somehow less capable than a man or another person. They're not less intelligent, they're not less valuable take step into that role and start taking action. And I want to kind of go back to our friend Laura Close, who has done some really interesting research and um, coaching in this area about the princess complex that so many of us are just waiting, wishing and hoping for someone, some hero to swoop in or some person who's going to come and help us and save us and fix everything. And that's where as the leaders of our businesses, we cannot fall into that mindset. We need to step up and be the person that fixes it and solves it and takes the action for whatever it may be, that we're not, you know, dependent. She talks about we kind of fall into, as females specifically, we fall into a dependent role. We're not used to being the one who um, is the leader, like a child, uh, a parent-child relationship. We're typically the child. So we see ourselves as less capable and therefore need to wait for someone to help us because we can't do it ourselves. So I think just the awareness of that, are you feeling that? Are you acting like that? And to step out of it, by, I think it's just simply taking action. Decide what you need to do and just go and make it happen. What do you think, Jenny? Yeah, I love that. I do. I think that's right. I think it's evaluating where on the spectrum of waiting you find yourself most frequently. 
So are you waiting for money? Are you waiting for a member of your team or a partner? Are you waiting for your product to be done and perfected? Are you waiting for the clients to come? Or are you feeling stalled out because you don't feel like you're being acknowledged and your voice isn't being heard? So where are you falling there in the waiting game? And once you've sort of pinpointed your most common point of waiting, then you can address it. So if it's about money, what can you do to solve for that now? If it's about a team member, who can you hire as a contractor now so that you're not waiting for that person? Are you waiting for clients? Okay, how can you get started with Facebook ads today? I think you need to figure out where you've stalled out in your business or where you're not operating at full capacity because you're stuck in this waiting place and just change it. And you said something, Sandy, earlier when we were brainstorming about episodes that I wrote down when I was on the ferry boat. And you said, you're not less than anyone. You're fully capable. And I love that. I'm going to make that the quote for this week's episode. And I I feel that that's such a strong message to send to ourselves and to own and also to share with our audience. So I hope all of you take that in. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into the joy and hustle. The joy this week is the Holstein Manifesto. And we wanted to have something happy. And for those of you who haven't seen it, the Holstein Manifesto is this beautiful collage of words that is a manifesto that three business owners created when they were starting an online business together. I've had this up in my kitchen for really a long time, like at least five years, I've had this thing up in my house and I look at it every single day and it starts with life is short. And then it just talks about all these different ways that you can sort of live a life of meaning in this one limited, beautiful life that we have. So I would encourage those of you to take a look at it who haven't seen it. We will, of course, link to it in the show notes. And then the hustle, Sandy, this is all you. Okay, you're just going to have to bear with me for a minute while I explain this one. So we are going to introduce you to the work of Kothar Darmoni, and she is this beautiful Tunisian woman who has done research in gender studies. And we're going to link to a video that she created. I think it was a TED Talk. And it's called Dare to be Feminine for Gut's Sake. And it's about belly dancing and dancing. And so this may seem very odd for it to be the hustle. However, again, being truthful, because that's what we do on the podcast, before we recorded this, while I was waiting for you, Jenny, I did it. I did the whole video and I danced with her. And it was awesome. And so she has, she grew up in Tunisia where women were very feminine, feminine um, behind closed doors and danced. And then when they left the house, the building, they covered up and they covered up everything that, you know, to her defined femininity. So she then went to school in France to be join the Western world and explore how the women are in the West. And she found that they all they did was try to act like men to succeed in business. And so she felt very out of place about where can I be myself? Where can I be a woman and feminine and succeed and be bold and be brave and be whoever it is I am. I don't want to pretend to be anything but myself. And so her work is called the feminine capital. And she really believes that as women, we can speak and we can say no, and we can start things and we can stop things in our truest sense of ourselves. And so she teaches dancing and she gets you to dance and shake and and she says all this wonderful stuff while you're doing it it's really hard to describe so it's like i think it's only a 20 minute video and i thought it was just plain awesome the other thing about her is she i think she lives in france or she lives in europe and so all of her workshops are not available to us in north america but i know we have lots of people from europe so 
you know, it would be super cool to check out what she's doing. She has uh, a lot of workshops in Netherlands and France. Maybe we'll just need to take a trip, Sandy. Or we can just go to Tunisia. Team retreat. Okay, that's all we've got for you folks for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Thank you. Thank you.